0: Just a few days into the climate talks at COP27 and Pacific Island countries are already being strong-armed into taking the short end of the stick. While the inclusion of loss and damage climate financing on the agenda has been labelled a momentum shift, the reality is compensation and liability funding for vulnerable islands will not be realised in this meeting. Pacific Islands Forum Secretariat Programme Advisor for Resilient Development Finance, Carlos Moresi, spoke with Lydia Lewis about the Pacific's position on the inclusion of loss and damage to the COP27 agenda. For us in the Pacific, uh, that is a win for us. We've been fighting for this uh, for a number of years now, trying to get into the uh, mainstream negotiation process. And finally, we managed to get a specific agenda item on loss and damage.
1: What is that specific agenda item? And I understand that there was some heated discussion over the specifics around that as well.
0: Yes. Uh, so the request went through uh, from Bonn through the G77, so the Pacific uh, negotiating block. We uh, obviously negotiate through the OASIS Association of Small Island States, which then fits into a bigger group, which is the G77 plus China. We requested the president to have included, under the matters relating to finance, a specific sub-item on loss and damage. Now, we, you probably heard the start of the actual opening session was delayed, and that's because the negotiators were in, in the negotiating rooms right until about 5 o'clock in the morning trying so to agree on the language. And the sticky point is the insistence by our um, developed countries, the umbrella group, that loss and damage should not relate or have anything to do with compensation and liability and they wanted that language specifically included in the agenda notation. Obviously from the Pacific the way we see it is actually that's limiting our future options that got in but the way we saw it is some people might say it's actually we gave in but we didn't that the most important thing is to get into the agenda because now that we have a process so getting into the agenda actually allows us to actually engage in a process.
1: And with the changing of the wording what does that mean?
0: Okay, so the way we saw it is that the UNFCCC process is only one process if you look at the global context of loss and damage. So the way we saw it, you're probably aware there is, so we're linking it, there's a a move by Vanuatu to go to the UN to seek an opinion from the International Court of Justice around the actual liability of polluting countries for the climate change impacts and the damages that are caused. So the way we saw it is that we should not restrict ourselves so we're looking at the, the bigger game. So the C process and the negotiations is one element of addressing loss and damage. So to get into the agenda, we have the discussion, but it leaves us other options outside of the actual C process. If people can recall the establishment of the Green Climate Fund, that took eight years to get it through. From the time it was actually agreed as a process, to the time it was established. If we don't get engaged in this process, so we're looking at the the, the long term uh, uh, game rather than this, just just the specific wording on on one specific item for this COP, noting that there'll be other COPS. But there's there's a, uh, a bittersweet uh, way to look at it because one way we look at it is the well, one of the hampering uh, incidents with uh, with COPS is that because there's another COP next year, so there's a tendency to kick the ball down the road. Uh, but I, th- I think with the, with the with the wording that we actually we, we've included, so the wording actually includes also a timeline that a decision should be made by 2024.
1: So the ball is rolling now. What will it look like when it's completed?
0: Yeah, thank you. So to look, to look at loss and damage, we really have to look at the the starting point of the climate nexus, so to speak. So we, we cannot go away from the actual addressing climate, climate change issues, which is actually mitigation and reducing global warming. What we are arguing is that because we have failed to address mitigation, to reduce carbon emissions, to reduce global warming, We've, we've needed to adapt. So that's the link between mitigation um, and adaptation. Beyond adaptation, we've also found that the, because adaptation is not keeping up in, uh, in line or in time with the impacts of the climate change uh, issues, even the adaptations, we're experiencing limitations of adaptation. To give you an example, if you're talking about sea level rise, the adaptation measure has always been, in the you know, traditionally been building seawalls for coastal protection. How high a seawall do you keep building? Do you keep increasing the height of the seawall because the sea level keeps rising? At some point, the seawall inundate, inundate the coastal the coastal areas, and that's when we come into the area of loss and damage. So I just want to make it quite clear for your audience that there is actually we're just going, we're not just going asking for money for the sake of asking for money for loss and damage. It's actually the link between the failure of mitigation, the limitations of adaptation, Then now we have to look at loss and damage. What does, what does that mean for the Pacific Island countries? It means that um, there are options should you lose your coastal uh, land, your rights to your coastal traditional fishing rights and fishing grounds, your traditional livelihoods, and the worst-case scenario is when this has to be migration caused by or displacement caused by uh, climate change, theres there is, there, there is recourse. The communities
1: would this mean developed nations would have to back pay obviously following years of underpayment
0: yes and and, and that's definitely the, that's definitely the argument from the uh, developed countries to definitely not include liability and in compensation so that is they they do not have to do back payments so you know in, in your words uh, there are other avenues uh, i'm not sure if you're aware but there's also a push from the developed countries to have which is the alternative resource and damage facility which is uh, in a facility being pushed by Germany called the Global Shield, and that's very insurance-based. We, we don't really accept the insurance uh, modality, only in the sense that it only compensates for loss already already suffered. So in terms of the back payments, uh, we haven't really got that discussion, but we cannot avoid that.
1: What is going to be on paper at the end of this meeting?
0: At the very least, what we're expecting is that the the club, the, the parties to the, to the convention, Agree on a systematic process for arrangements. This is the term that is actually going to be hearing about. So, so we're not talking about when we, when we talk about loss and damage financing facility. You obviously most people are oh, always just talking about the money. What we're actually talking about is actually loss and damage arrangements that might include financing elements. And those arrangements actually talk about making assessments of what loss and damage actually is, what the potential cost could be, and what other areas that we can. Uh, address those issues before the actual losses are suffered. So those are all part of elements of the bigger picture of loss and damage. So at the very least, we want an agreement on a systematic approach for developing the loss and damage arrangements.